You are gonna you are joking, aren't you? What have you done this time? <laughs> uh, you're recording this bit. Oh no, you're not recording any of it, are you? <laughs> Uh, I'm going to have to restart my record. (laughs) I'm starting this one this time. No, you're not. Scotty, 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 guess what? Guess what? I'm not even going to say right now. No, you are. Thinking. You 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 give me shit all the time and and it's affecting me personally because it's now arriving in work. You know what happened the other day? Tell me, John. <laughs> so, um, cuz I've not heard this one before. <laughs> yes, you haven't. You've not. Why would you even say that? Because <laughs> this is becoming recursive. This is terrible. So, my studying colleague, Lyle, who makes a great real podcast called Geek Speak, which you should all listen to, and we'll put a link in the show notes, uh, had reached out to me saying he would like to have Scotty, that's you, on as a, uh, as a guest on his podcast. And so I said, oh, well, Scotty hasn't got back at you. Well, that seems usual because he's always flying off and doing other things. Let's make a, a taunt video for it. So I pull out my phone, and I'm putting it in selfie mode, and we're kind of rolling down the, the, the hallway. And just as I'm doing it, he goes, John, are you, are you even going to record this? Are you even going to manage to turn it on? It's like, what are you talking about? Where would you get that idea from? It's like, well, I listened to your podcast, and Scotty seems to give the impression, and I immediately said false, you know, that gives the impression that you're just incapable of, of actually using capture devices of any kind. And I thought to myself, that's so mean. Why would my, 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 the person who I thought was a a dear friend, meaning you, Scotty, you know, uh, kind of give this reputation? So, (laughs) you've told him it was not true. What have we just done, John? (laughs) We've started recording a podcast. (laughs) For the how many times? Well, I think we've done by now hundreds of episodes over the long number of years that we've been doing this. What how, do you, what do you get? Of, how, how many times have we tried recording this episode now? I, <laughs> come on, come on. Well, this is the second time. And, and, and why would that be? <laughs> because I was so excited to tell you all about Hack Day that I didn't notice that, that the, even though the red light was flashing that on um, this particular recorder, that just means it's ready to, to record, not actually recording. And because it has this unbacklit lcd display which is impossible to to see if 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 there's sunlight around uh i wasn't able to see that the numbers were were, were progressing that recording was actually happening so then i had to, i had to shh, i had to interrupt and say um scotty we need to start again and by the way this is the asmr um, segment of <laughs> of our podcast it's like <laughs> Oh dear! Now Scratch. you did send me the other day a, a a photo of the user interface of your um, uh, uh, cam shit stick. Let's call yeah, it. You know, I I I think before the show notes for this time, I think you need to write a short Amazon style review for this <laughs> device that we can put in there. Yeah, I will. <laughs> because I think this device has cost me so many hours. That, well, you know what you should do? You should actually just buy me a Zoom. and send, you know, Really, honestly, we should get a sponsorship. <laughs> Although I think any yeah. sponsor would be deathly afraid of us. But anyway, yeah. so yes, that <laughs> happened again. 
So, uh, other than, you know, you have proved once again your total incompetence with hardware. Uh, <laughs> but can I, give a, can I give a good excuse and, at the same time, a very smart segue? Go for it. I am dying from jet but check lag. check you're recording it first. Shut up. I'm dying from <laughs> jet lag. Why? Because I just got back from uh, St. Petersburg via Paris. Um, and, and before that, I was in L.A. for the hack day. So I have lots to talk about, which we can spread out over multiple episodes, which will give us multiple episodes. Uh, it will give me multiple opportunities <laughs> to not hit record properly. Yes. <laughs> it's, the, it's the I am looking forward to hearing about them all several times. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so there we are so which, which which one should we hear about for the first time first or the second time first just... I, I think i do you know what john i suspect that we should probably talk about your hack day that seems a bit of a mystery to me okay let's talk about that so um in our los angeles office we had our first hack day a studio hack day and uh we won my team won and it was really great it was lots of fun we had a great team that consisted of some people from los gatos um where up where all the the software development is done with some some folks down in la where all the you know the 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 licensing and production is is managed and a lot of the actual film production is done as well we 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 do film production all over the world but uh there's a lot of studio space a lot of production that's done down there um and uh, when you do hack days up in, in Los Gatos, the hack days in general are supposed to be, hey, any idea is fair game. It doesn't have to be directly related to things that you work on. It doesn't necessarily have to be related to the product, although kind of that's part of the spirit of it to, to experiment. And some of the experiments may end up as, as part of the product or as part of tools that we use. Um, and so... Uh, the ones up in Los Gatos, part of it is kind of like software engineers scratching their creative itches. Like, hey, I really want to work on machine learning or computer vision or this, that, and the other thing. Um, whereas the people who are doing hacks down in, in Los Angeles, the people there for the, you know, aren't as part of their day gigs. They're not software engineers. They're people involved with the production of, of film and television. So they understand the business problems because they live them. Um, and their their ability to find software solutions are largely limited by by the tools that they kind of are skilled at using. So, in other words, you know, you you can you can put things together with Office productivity tools, whether they're desktop or, or web based tools, um, and that will get you to a certain level. But it, it doesn't really scale very well, and so that's where they kind of bump up against uh, against limits of of the tools that they're using. And so that's why it, there was a concerted effort to have this cross pollination, so to bring bring to LA a bunch of people who are very adept at writing software, very adept at understanding business problems and creating business logic and modeling processes with, with, with objects and all the kind of stuff that we do in our sleep um, and, and kind of, you know, help, help move things forward. And I, it reminded me of the kind of the, the frustration I remember feeling before I, I knew how to create software about saying, I understand what I want something to do, but I can't do it with off-the-shelf tools, or if I can, they won't scale. And and that that frustration is part of what what kind of actually uh, you know convinced me to, to, to learn how to code, because before I, I ever did, I thought, well, it's an impossible undertaking. I was happy to learn that it, that was not the case. Anybody can learn to code if you really care enough to do it. But anyway... Uh, it was very, very satisfying, A, because we won, um, and B, because I think that we put together something that really can be uh, turned into a tool that can be used. So uh, eventually, the, I, I think there's going to be some some press about it, as, as we do when we do hack days. Um, but I think the thing that made it work very, very well is that having lost hack days <laughs> for, for, for kind of making mistakes that I think are, are very common, uh, once you do something wrong, 
then you can learn how to do it correctly. <laughs> and I think we executed really well. Um, and uh, uh, some lessons to share uh, for the kids listening out there is that remember that when you do a hack, you know, everybody tries to think like, well, great, we have 24 hours. We can do anything. We can stay up all night and eat pizza at, at three in the morning and, and, and drink beer at six in the morning and then drink coffee at 6.15 and, you know, and get ready to present things. Like, no, you can't. You know, you have to think very, very carefully, not only about all the things you can do, but then you have to think very careful about all the things you're not going to do, all the things you say no to, because you only have so much time to be able to prepare the software, uh, but you only have even, you know, a, a matter of minutes. One to two minutes is the, the kind of typical amount of time that you have to present something. So every every hack participant had exactly two minutes, and they were very strict about that because, you know, people can't spend six hours in a room looking at them. And so once you understand you have just two minutes, you have to be extremely careful about how you use those two minutes. And I've seen so many hack presentations about software that I know to be brilliant kind of fall over and die because glitches in the presentation or, you know, just inability to, to, to crisply explain what it is you're doing, why you did it and what it is. And so, uh, what the winning formula always seems to be is like you have to you have to build a demo and get it as quickly as possible something you can actually play with and then you actually do the video of people using it and that will actually help you refine it to the point with a little bit more polish so that you'll have your crisp one minute video that talks about the problem and 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 what your solution does and then you have the the remaining time to actually keep refining it keep refining it and practicing your one minute presentation so the video rolls first then you do your one minute, and then if you do it very, very smoothly, it can go really, really smoothly, and, and ours, I think, went really well. Um, and we had a great team, uh, and it was just very satisfying. And so I think I should be able to, 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 to link some video, if not immediately in this one, certainly in a future time, um, but I'm very proud of what we did. So I think you've covered some good points there. I mean, firstly, congratulations on winning. Thank you. Um, I mean, um, before I just make my other comments, you know, how much prep did you do in advance to what you were going to do, or was it literally decided on the day? No, no, because there, were, there was prep beforehand because they have these kind of uh, meet and greet, right? So they, they allowed people to go down to Los Angeles and tour the studios and, and meet with people, understand the, the various production processes and, and where software can be brought to bear to improve something. Um, because I think uh, Hollywood productions are, are very kind of, they're, they're data intensive, but I think that compared to other other kind of industries, software you know uh, efficiencies are are were a little bit slower to coming. I think in, in, you know kind of the, the types of, of of software that's used to control factories, for example, is, is pretty well developed. Um, but the, the you know a creative process like making a movie is not it's not a factory. But I think uh, so. There, there's there's lots of room for improvement that can be made. And there's tons and tons of data that's that's captured about any production, but if it, unless it's it's well structured and organized, you can you can create lots of data, but if it's not immediately retrievable at the right moment or not easy to create in in the, on the devices that people have with with them, and to be refined later with other devices they may also use. In other words, it's, you can start working on data when you have the phone with you when something's fresh with it. You can capture some of the data that you need to be able to make a, a report or to, 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 to create some type of, you know, business intelligence if you want to, you know, use that kind of uh, uh, complex term for it. Uh, and then, then kind of refine it later when you're on your desktop with, you, with a full keyboard and, and access to other stuff or, you know, more time. You need data to be able to kind of flow very, very clearly and, and cleanly from, from device to desktop, um, across mobile networks and internal networks and, and so forth. Um, 
So it's, it's, we, we had enough time to be able to kind of think about what we wanted to do um, and, and, and find people that we wanted to collaborate with. And then when that, that allowed us to, to kind of maximize the, the time we had there because you arrive, you know, at, at 10 o'clock, the kind of space becomes open and it's available for a fixed amount of time. You know, people were staying there quite late. Um, but that's the other thing I was saying. It's like it's a, it's a false economy to think that if you just spend two more hours and deprive yourself of sleep, you're shooting yourself in the foot because you're never going to be able to present it because the, the, you, know, you are awarded based on you've got your two minutes to, to explain it, and that's it. So <laughs> if you make flubs or you forget some little detail or you try to do too much and you, you try to demo something where the, the thing that you're going to demo is not rock solid – You've just shot yourself in the foot, and it's all the worse when you've put so much effort into it. And, and I know this because I've lived that, and I've become very good about about saying no. I love to say no now. I mean, there's loads of lessons we can learn from this, and it just reflects the the real world as well, doesn't it? Really, because you know, the first thing here is um, to be successful, your 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 software has to solve a real problem. So, you know, identifying a real problem and solving it is the most important thing. Um, not not just having an idea, but knowing what problem you are solving in your software. Um, if you then look at software beyond that, you know, what we can learn from what you've just said about the hack day and what you've learned from doing it is the the best selling software or the software that you know does the best is software that solves the problem that is good and the people who make it know how to sell it. Uh, the the software that sells next best is um Something that solves a problem is crap, but people know how to sell it. And then the software that sells after that is that solves a problem and is good. So actually good software that solves a problem sells less than crap software that solves a problem, but somebody knows how to sell it. And, and I think that's where is, you know, we, we get into the same mindset as developers that you're talking about as a hack day, that if we just keep adding more features, we just keep adding a bit more finesse to those animations, um, you know, then, then the software is going to be more successful. And the reality is, no, actually your software needs to solve a problem. It needs to work and you need to be able to sell it. And then after that, if you're getting that bit right, you can then add all the other stuff you want to because now you've got the, the important bits right. So, yeah, you could have written the best software to solve your problem during the hack day. But if you've not done a good presentation, you would have just been there with the other losers. Yep. And um, let's yes. be clear, everybody who participated was a winner. <laughs> That's what they said. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. So, <laughs> Everyone who participated was oh yes that's okay good. but but wait now we're going to get to the ASMR portion again where we say the gray beard is scratching now and letting you know that even though when they say everybody's a winner it's not true nobody likes yeah. to lose okay. and don't let the scratching touch any of those buttons on the recorder either. <laughs> <Shut up. laughs> I do not want to listen to your hack day story again <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's so mean and no it's a very interesting story but three times would be too much. I'm sensing a lack of love. Well, anyway, so that that was my hack day um, uh, experience. And so, Scotty, tell me about you because you've been traveling and you've been busy as well, haven't you? Well, yeah, it's uh, I'm going through the getting back from you know, California, eight-hour time difference, coming east. I always find coming east hard. And, of course, I'd spent a year going backwards and forwards pretty regularly or 18 months pretty regularly, and I, I think I just got used to it. So I'm now having a year off of that before doing it again. It's hit me pretty bad coming back this time, the jet lag. So I've been pretty unproductive, to be honest, for um, for a few days since getting back. So just, just today has been my first day of really winding back up properly. Um, I was working yesterday, but uh, it's um, 
you know, it was a little bit like staring at the screen and there was code there, but I'm not quite sure what it was doing. Yeah, so, yeah, so I've really not got uh, a, a, a lot to report on that. I was doing contract work for a client, so I can't talk about that because um, that's all under an NDA to do it. But uh, So basically, I've just been a total waste of space since you went away, John. Well, you, without you, without you, I'm nothing. Well, because I, without me being your punching bag or your object of derision, well... Um, you know that that WWDC is is coming next week, which means once again that uh, preparations for James Dempsey and the Breakpoints shows are going ahead, and we're now at the point where uh, we've done all the core band rehearsals that we're able to do, and we have you know one last chance to do rehearsal with everybody that's going to appear on stage, but that we only get to do that on the Sunday before the 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 Wednesday when we perform, and. Uh, I keep remembering that it's it's a fun thing to do, and, and I love doing it for to support App Camp for Girls, but this is no way to run a, a music organization. It's like the exact opposite of, of of kind of how you craft software. You know, it's like where where you keep adding lots of different players, and it's a whole different thing. It's kind of funny because there are lots of people on stage, and these are all people that are, are great friends and supporters of the cause, and and it's I think it's every, it, nobody takes it too seriously because we can't, right? There's a, there's a mixture of people who play pretty regularly, myself included, um, and there are a bunch of people who 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 play as a hobby. It's like, oh, you know, I play trombone because I used to play it in high school or college, but I haven't really, I don't play it every day, but I would love to break out the trombone and do a, a trombone solo dueling with, with you know, a, a guitarist who, who, you know, is not a guitarist all the time, but loves doing it as a hobby and, and his day gig is something else. So it's, it's, it's always kind of fun to kind of put that together, but it's also sometimes a little bit nerve making, nervous making because, you know, I think we all are, are involved in in, in a work where we want to do our best possible work. And the only way to do your best possible work is to give yourself the best possible chance to do it, which co- then comes down to, you know, again, saying no to a lot of things. In this particular case, we can't really say no. It's like, no, you can't, you know, appear on stage unless you've you've rehearsed 12 times with us. It's like it's not possible because the people that are on stage are, live all over, you know, in, in multiple time zones and, and they only kind of converge at the at the very last moment. So that's that's kind of fun to experience well this is this is why um i think having an open bar at the event helps <laughs> everything, everything sounds better when you're in a place with an open bar <laughs> i think so that's true <laughs> it's see i mean what could possibly go wrong yeah as long as the, as long as the band aren't partaking too much of the open bar everything exactly be good. well i think i think and well i think the thing is that the people who <laughs> who think it's a good idea to get on stage and play for hundreds of your colleagues are people that tend to drink a lot <laughs> Because of the, to to maintain their dilution, so while we're on stage playing, we're not consuming at the level that they would. <laughs> so it works out. Yeah. So I mean, you just mentioned WWDC there. So um, we're in a bit of a position at the moment that obviously we we develop a you know a, a Mac app is our prime prime thing. Um, it's a Mac app going under quite a lot of reconstruction at the moment, and obviously one of the things that developers are expecting on the Mac front. Um, at WWDC is the unveiling um, of Marzipan mm-hmm. in a way that developers can get hold of it. Obviously, last year, Apple announced it was a um, an in-development technology. They put the Stocks app and um, a couple of other apps, the News app, and what was the other one? There was another one, wasn't there? Um, app out that had been written in Marzipan. But as developers, we've not been able to get anywhere near it now people like uh, steve stratton smith have been spending all year sort of hacking and using you know um different ways of getting to stuff inside marzipan so inform- information has been uh trickling out about what it 
was already in there. Um, so I guess the, the question that is coming up uh, for people like us um, you know, who are Mac developers or people who are wanting to maybe do a Mac version of their their app is, um, you know, is, is how far along has Marzipan come? Um, you know, there's two fronts there. Firstly, how much more have they developed the Marzipan infrastructure framework, whatever whatever it's, you know, how it's implemented and going to be? And then how much of that is exposed to the developer tools to make it useful? I mean, there is, um, there has been talk that you can turn an, an iPad app into a Marzipan app simply by um, ticking a checkbox in the Xcode settings, um, which is cool. And, you know, that that's a, a great start if that is true. But obviously, if that just then means, you know, if that works about the same way as trying to turn an iPhone app into an iPad app where you just get it, you know, in, in you know, a small thing in the screen. In other words, you can't get any mackiness out of it. It's all going to be just very much obviously an iPad app. That, you know, that's not going to be great. So, you know, we're sort of in a, you know, a little bit of a waiting position because we, you know, we are developing the Moneywell iPad app from scratch at the moment, uh, or well, you know, the front end from scratch. We've got the, the framework I've spoken about before, which is all the engine stuff of, of Moneywell. Um, and, you know, and I've said we're already looking at having to redo some of the UI or a lot of the UI for the Mac app to get rid of bindings and everything else. And so we're actually quite interested because, um, you know, if we can turn that into just one job and really put all our effort into the iPad app, because by doing that, uh, Marzipan is going to allow us to release an updated version uh, of a better UI for the um, for the Mac. Then you know that's going to be a great way for a small team like ours to to produce better software on there. So you know the the question is going to be um, you know how good is it for us and how stable is it and what can we do. So yeah, that's uh, we're sort of uh, waiting with bated breath, as they might say, to to. Um, to find out there, and and then of course I think yeah you know, we're having a discussion. We had a couple little bit of a developer get together last night uh, here in um, East Bollockshire, and um, we were discussing that you know the I think you know not this year obviously, but you know in two years, three years, four years time, um, you know if if this is the way that Apple are going, and eventually it's going to be the way you develop. Um, Mac apps as opposed to a way you develop Mac apps. Uh, I mean, that's not coming this year. I'm pretty sure of that. But you know, you know, I think you, if, if they push this technology, you have to see it that eventually this will be the Mac. You know, they're, they're trying to move everything into a single infrastructure because um, it makes it easier for them. Just like I'm talking about it being easier for us, it makes it easier for them uh, to do stuff. Then maybe some of our greybeard paradigms of what a Mac app should be and shouldn't be will become a little less relevant because you know what a mac app is will take on a whole new uh persona or you know a, a a slightly altered persona based on what gets released over the next um few years so for us i think a lot of it is going to be not only how stable is this technology and how usable uh but how how prepared are we to be forward thinking about what a new paradigm of a mac app looks like um or how forward thinking do we think our user base would be about it going forward? Um, uh, yeah, I, I think you know Apple. Apple have re-released stuff before, where they've combined code bases. So, if you remember when they um, 
they've they've made a big deal a number of years ago about um uh there being um you know iwork has a combined code base so um a lot of the the code in iwork is is joined together but when that first happened the mac version of um the apps simplified a lot you know a lot of uh, features went away things got a lot simpler um in there and you know a lot of people complained about it and moaned about it now um we you know we have to decide uh what you know how, how much of that will we be prepared to do the, the answer is really that i don't we don't want to lose any features that we have currently in the app um however we're new to this app we haven't got that many analytics about it from the user base we don't know really you know there may be 20 percent of our features that never get used ever you know and and <laughs> you know and we could actually drop those quite easily um or you know because you know john from michigan is the only person who ever uses that feature um you know should we keep it in there type of things so it's uh uh so we um yeah, so so next week is going to be very interesting for us, and then um, obviously the few weeks afterwards when we get to start playing with Marzipan and uh, doing things with Marzipan is going to be, um, you know, set probably what we do for the next six or seven months in line. So we're going to be watching the keynote with a uh, with trepidation. So is there anything that you're looking out for next week that's going to change the way you do things? Um, yes, I think so. I mean, I think, you know, while, while you were talking about this, I was thinking about, about some of the, the things I heard while I was traveling, um, and some of the frustrations I have in using software that, um, is not really well integrated with the desktop. Um, I use, we use Slack a lot at work and Slack is, is really great in a lot of the different ways, but one way that just frustrates the hell out of me is its interaction with the local file system. So if I have a video, for example, that I take and I link it into a Slack message, it doesn't image properly and oftentimes it won't play back. Whereas if I, you know, paste in a URL from, from YouTube, it works really well. There's lots of reasons why fundamental of which is that the representation of the file is, is kind of well organized because, um, because of something called uh, um, open graph tags, which is a whole level of detail, but it, it, it it's something where you know we're in this in between world where you know as a matter of course everything that I capture on on my phone I don't necessarily I don't it doesn't auto upload into YouTube or doesn't auto upload into a streaming service, and that's true for other documents. You kind of file systems locally and and uh, you know internet file systems are kind of necessarily a little bit protective because you want to protect your data. And that's where things get to not work very well. In the case of, of, of the work app, you know, there are certain things you can do on, on, on a laptop, for example, which it, it is the device that you have with you when you're traveling and all things being equal, kind of people like to watch movies on large, on the largest screens that they have available for it. So I think that there are some things that, that might be interesting um, to, to have the additional screen. I think in the, in the case of our app, it's we're not interacting with your local desktop file system, you know, and um, so we can I, we can be in, in in you know moving into this world where your identity and your data really just flow very very smoothly from one device to another within a service. Um, so I, that's kind of as, as I can't give more detail than that, but but I think that the, we are looking um, very carefully. But I think in the end, you know, I, we're I think my colleagues and I are, are interested in seeing kind of, you know, 
more about about changes to to, to Swift and, and the APIs that for for making the mainline apps that that we are, are building every day, which is the I, you know the iPhone and iPad app. Cool. Well, I think it's going to be an interesting week. People seem to be building up expectation that it's going to be a big one. Um, this show will go out just a couple of days before before the keynote. Um, we will try and uh, record a show next week sometime. Our normal recording slot obviously won't be any good because that's your James Dempsey night. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure you, unless you want to record from the stage while playing. Yeah, there's no um, idea. Well, people might prefer that. Uh, we could try that. Although, actually, um, uh, I don't know. We record first thing in the morning. First time, thing, so maybe that does work for it, you. We it, will talk about that. It, it might possibly work. I can talk about the nerves that I'll have. Yeah, so we can do that and um, and talk about our keynote stuff. And, of course, we still got to talk about your trip to Russia, so we'll, yeah. we'll get that in. It depends. If, if the keynote's really dull, then we'll get that in next week. Yeah. Otherwise, that's for a few weeks' time. We'll yeah. save it up. We'll save it up. We can hear about it a couple of times. Um, <laughs> it's, I'm sorry, I couldn't resist it. So what I want to know right now, John, mm-hmm. is is do we, have a, do we have an episode in the bag? We do. Excellent. But the bag, hopefully the bag is not... <laughs> open and flying in the wind <laughs> and all content <laughs> spilling out excellent just just what we needed to hear so it's been um it's been an absolute pleasure sir to hear your stories multiple times and to really dig into the <laughs> what's going on so john if if people were bored of only hearing it once as they will do i mean i guess they can play it multiple times in their in their podcast player um where should they get hold of you to tell you how much they they enjoyed your uh, wit and repartee well good wishes and and other kind remarks can go to me on twitter as djembe that's d-j-e-m-b-e like the west african drum and if people want to appropriately dress you down for being mean to me where might they do that scotty well, of course, I think people will probably be more likely to show me support for um, for uh, their, and, and sympathy for having to work with such incompetence, really. <laughs> Speechless. <laughs> so they could do that on Twitter as MacDevNet or uh, micro.blog is Scotty. Of course, they can send an email to both of us by sending an email to feedback at iDeveloper.co. Well, John, it, it, uh, congratulations once again on winning your hack day. When you won it, you sent me a very excited and lovely photo of yourself with your award. We will put that in the show notes as well. And um, uh, I look forward to hearing all about your trip soon. And I, um, are you going to Dub Dub on Monday? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't have a ticket. Um, I I'm I'm definitely uh, have a hero's access to, to alt, so I may end up just going there and, and watching it with, with friends and colleagues there. Um, so that's 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 my definite plan. I'm, I if I if for some reason I'm able to to get into the keynote, I might I might possibly do that. But I will definitely be down in the area. So good. If people are in San Jose next week, they should uh, look you up and come say hi. Okay. And um, and uh, do that. Okay. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. If you're going to Dub Dub, um, maybe you'll listen to this on the plane on the way over because we're going to put this out Friday. Um, have a great trip. If you're watching it somewhere else, I hope all your dreams come true. Thank you for listening, and until next time, you take care. This is Scotty now, the official part is over when you said that you were waiting with bated breath. I immediately, my teenage cat, you know, boy mind says, well, that's better than baiting with waiting breath. That is that is that is true. <laughs> tell, so... tell me you tell me you just recorded that bit. I did. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>